how different would the outcome of this past season been league-wide had the Eagles gotten Russell Wilson? Hello and welcome to the Touchdown Talks podcast. Thank you for listening. This podcast is hosted by myself, Spencer Taylor. The purpose of this podcast is to talk NFL football as well as other football all year round, including during the offseason. Without further ado, welcome to today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Glad to be back with you. Thank you for listening again. Do appreciate all those of you who have been supporting the podcast and listening to the first episode. I also want to first off, just to start, apologize to all of you who have been listening, because I know I mentioned and sort of promised in the first episode to have an uh, episode two out a little bit sooner than what we're getting, but nonetheless, I've gotten a little bit busy, just started a new job recently, so that's part of it, and then uh, for those who follow me on social media, uh, you may know that I was also sick over this past weekend, so that's the other part of the problem was I was intending to get one out by this weekend at the latest, but alas, had to wait till today. Um, so currently I'm recording this on June 6th on Tuesday. Um, so yeah, we're just going to jump right into it today. It's going to be hopefully a much shorter episode than episode one. Episode one went a lot longer than I intend to normally do episodes on this show. That first episode went for almost two hours. I don't intend to have these episodes going near that long every time. And as I mentioned in my first episode, at least for this offseason, while football is still not in season, my plan is to have this show be about every other week at the least. Uh, We'll have an episode at least every other week, if not more, depending on the length of the episodes and such as that. And then once football season gets going, I'll probably do at least once a week, if not multiple times a week. Just depends on where the podcast is at and what we're, where the content has gotten at this point. I really do care about your feedback, so please feel free to reach out to me on social media, wherever you can, in person, whatever it may be. Reach out to me, give me any feedback you got, positive, negative, any suggestions, any things you'd like to hear me do, any types of content or things you'd like to have me talk about surrounding football. Uh, especially the NFL. For those who have listened to my radio show uh, down at SUU in Cedar City on Thunder 91, uh, those of you who have listened to that show, you know a little bit of what my style is at this point, or at least with those shows. With all that being said, for this week's episode, just going to go over a couple things, just basically catching you up on NFL headlines and, and news pieces that have come up over the last couple weeks since I did the first episode. Uh, So to start off, I think since it is actually his birthday today, I'm recording this on June 6th, and so the first thing I'm going to talk about, bit of news, is surrounding DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins was recently released by the Arizona Cardinals. He was released by them near the end of May, and at this point with the process, DeAndre Hopkins is still a free agent, And I just was seeing on Twitter just recently from Ian Rappaport that he's saying that 
DeAndre Hopkins is more than willing to play this patiently. He's going to try to wait, see what he can get as far as contracts, and he's going to try to wait and try to get that, you know, the best contract that he can for himself. And so there certainly have been some teams that have been brought up as front runners. Some people have mentioned Dallas, although I don't think that's a very likely option. They do have a pretty good wide receiver course still. Some holes now after a few players have left but I don't think most would argue they are really the highest needed and again I've, I've heard rumors that they might be looking into them but they might not necessarily be a front runner one of the front runners that I've definitely heard is the Cleveland Browns the Browns have been mentioned and the Browns are especially interesting in my mind because they already do have a pretty decent roster they've at least improved it quite a bit uh, this this past two seasons they haven't done that great. They were eight and nine, and then seven and ten this previous season. So past two seasons they've been kind of middle of the pack, but I think they've greatly improved their roster. I mean we'll have to see. Uh, maybe greatly is a little too much to say, but we'll have to see. Part of that, or really a lot of that, hinges on how good is Deshaun Watson. Now, I do have my doubts about him. Deshaun Watson was one of the best players when he first came into the league, and he was looking like he was going to be a top five, top ten quarterback for his whole career. But then, of course, he had the off-field issues that kept him off the field for basically two seasons. And so he came back this past season in 2022. He came back, and he really didn't look you know, playing for the Browns for the little bit that he did play in the last half of the season after his suspension, he really didn't ever look near to what he had looked like before his long suspension. And people, and especially Cleveland anyways, and Cleveland fans are hoping that he can get back to what he was before. But again, the question is just that two years off and and everything Will he ever be able to knock off all that rust and get back to where he was at? Now, he's not really an old quarterback, per se, so that's part of one of the things to be optimistic about for him. Back to DeAndre Hopkins and why I think the Cleveland Browns are an interesting landing spot for him is, of course, because when Deshaun Watson was playing really well, he was with the Houston Texans. And who was one of his best wide receivers while he was there DeAndre Hopkins they both started with the Texans and together they were a pretty good duo and then Hopkins went to the Cardinals during Watson's off the field issues and and yeah now Deshaun Watson's been traded to Cleveland that's part of why this would be interesting is because the Browns do kind of feel like they could use one more really top tier wide receiver and they would have a really good wide receiver core and to have a DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson reunion would certainly be good they'd already have chemistry and that would certainly help with Deshaun Watson in getting back to what he used to be so we'll just have to see but I think they're my favorite Um, you know I've, I've heard other options you know he may go to the People have talked about, will he go to the Bills? Could he go to the Chiefs, the Eagles? You know, all the all the top-tier teams are teams that people are, are speculating about, especially because, again, DeAndre Hopkins has kind of shown that, yes, he's willing to wait for 
a good contract, but it's also been put out there that he also does want to try to go somewhere where he believes he can win, which is another reason why, for him, not really any reason to fight being released by the Cardinals, being that um, they are likely not going to be a very good team this year, and really the Cardinals franchise is looking kind of like possibly one of the worst-run franchises in the league at this point. So... That's that's where we're at with DeAndre Hopkins. Felt like I should start the show off today with him just because today actually happens to be his 31st birthday. So for a wide receiver, he also is, you know, he's in his 30s now, but he's he's got some tread on him. He's got plenty of years left. Again, he's a top-tier wide receiver, so he should make an impact wherever he goes. Now, next topic I wanted to talk about is sports betting and the NFL. Because the controversy is, and of course I spoke about this on, I believe it was on my radio show about a month or two ago. So not on the podcast, but on the radio show if you were listening to me when I was on Thunder 91. Uh, around the middle of April, late April, I think it was actually my last episode I did. But on my, my show, on t- Touchdown Talks, on the radio a few weeks ago. One of the things we talked about that week was there was a big bit of news, and this was right before the draft or pretty close to it. The NFL had a huge suspension wave where they suspended, I believe it was five players, for gambling-related reasons. Uh, So part of the issue is the sports betting scene has kind of exploded. And for context, back in... May 14, 2018, so five years ago, the Supreme Court uh, struck down and got rid of the Professional and Amateur Sports Protection Act. It was basically a law that made it so that regulated sports betting was pretty much restricted to Nevada, and that had been a thing since 1992. Now, one of the interesting things is, is in that court case, and leading up to it, the NFL was actually one of the leading plaintiffs in the case, and they were actually against getting rid of that. They were, you know, before five years ago, the NFL was against sports betting. They weren't for it. You know, they were kind of on the side of trying to, um, you know, show morality, per se, and try to show that, hey, we're not for gambling, and, you know, we don't want people getting addicted to gambling on our stuff. Um, But anyways, once the Supreme Court got rid of that and sports gambling became basically open season to expand across the country, now, of course, not totally open season. Depends on the state you're in. Some states have different laws about sports betting, and and some states allow more than others do. So there's there's all that that goes into it. You know, if you're going to do any kind of sports betting, you know, make sure you know the laws of your state. Pretty much right after that court case went down and that changed, the NFL pretty quickly uh, adapted or reversed or whatever and realized that, hey, you know, this is this is where things are trending. You know, the NFL does a pretty good job of trying to stay ahead of the curve. Since then, they've pretty much done a 180 and now they've got you know all sorts of sports books that have been advertising during NFL games this past year and there's tons of 
sports books that are partnering with the NFL. Thing that I want to get to here is these sports gambling suspensions. Because, of course, part of the thing with gambling is there's some ethics to it. And that's one of the things that is kind of interesting here is the NFL, over the history of, of the league, has had periods where certain types of policy become big issues in that a lot of players over a period of you know five or ten years get suspended for breaking those rules and sometimes it kind of leads to a question of okay is it the rules that are are bad or is it you know these players aren't being educated on these things well enough or what's the issue and i i do think that sports gambling is gonna be that thing for the nfl and the just the players in general I think that's going to be one of the things we're going to see pop up repeatedly, at least over the next couple years, is the NFL suspending players for uh, sports betting. You know, and I don't even know all the rules and policies the NFL has for players specifically, but that is one of the things that the NFL is trying to do is one better educate players especially new players as they come into the league they're trying to do better at that at educating players so that they know what they can and can't do but basically the thing is is at the very most you can't have a specific nfl player betting on especially you can't have them betting on games that they're in i'm like 99.99 percent sure that the players certainly aren't allowed to bet on any other NFL games. Again, especially the ones that they're not in. That one is definitely a no-no. But I believe they're also just not allowed to bet on any NFL games. So if you're an NFL player, don't bet on NFL games. But just thinking about it from an ethical standpoint, of course, you can't have, say, you know, and I'm, I'm just throwing out random example, just names that people would recognize say Aaron Rodgers decided that he wanted to gamble on sports Aaron Rodgers can't start going and betting on games that the New York Jets are going to be playing in because the thing is is you can't if if he's doing that that's unfair because he has you know he has an effect on the game he is a part of the game he's a huge part of it so any game that the Jets are in it's something that he's a part of he can manipulate that and obviously that is unfair to be betting on. And so, you know, as far as betting ethics go and and things like that, that's kind of why that stuff is there, of course, is because just about a month or two ago, the NFL had a huge su- suspension wave where they suspended five players. And at the moment, the kind of default suspension is at the very minimum, you get a six-game suspension for sports gambling and it can also be up to an indefinite suspension first we we saw it happen with was calvin ridley who at the time was playing for the falcons and with him the nfl gave him an indefinite suspension uh, that he could then appeal after one full season and so he actually did so i believe this upcoming season calvin ridley is eligible to play and will be doing so but he served a full year suspension and again it could have been indefinite if the NFL chose to not approve his appeal and the suspension wave that happened a couple months ago that I mentioned included some players like Quintez 
Cephas, safety C.J. Moore, and Washington Commanders defensive end uh, Shaka Tony. So, again, that's just three of the players that were suspended a couple months ago. And for all of them, I don't remember the exact extents for most of them, but I don't believe any of them got the indefinite, or at least most of them didn't. Most of them, I think, just got that six-game six suspension or something like that, but I think one or two of them might have been getting considered for it. But uh, I know I talked about it when it happened, but point is there's rumors going around that the NFL is looking into a second wave of suspensions, which is a big deal because the question is, who are these players that the NFL is looking into? How big of an impact do they have? And one name that has come out from all this that we know now that the NFL is looking into is one of the Indianapolis Colts players. And that player, it's a recognizable name. It's Isaiah Rogers. He's a cornerback for the Colts defense. So that should be interesting. He's one that they're in investigating right now. And again, the rumor is there's a wa another wave of players they're looking into right now. And the NFL is partnered with all these sports books. So if an NFL player creates an account and they've connected their bank account to it and they're placing bets through that, that sports app, especially if they're betting on NFL games or things like that, they shouldn't be. The NFL is going to be able to pretty easily know because they're partners with those sportsbook apps and so the NFL and those companies are working together pretty well on communicating and and looking into what these players are doing because again they want to make sure that they try to protect the integrity of the NFL that is what this is all about the NFL has realized that it's okay for them to encourage fans and and people to gamble on the sport because Really, it's actually driving ratings, it's driving views. Sports gambling has given, for a lot of fans, more reason to enjoy the games. If your team's struggling and you don't know what what else to watch for, well, here you go. Now you can bet on what teams you think you're going to win, or you can bet on the over-under, or you can bet on the spread, all these other different types of betting terms and things you can bet on for sports uh, I'm not going to go too much more in depth on that, but what the NFL has found and other sports have found in the last five years is that you really can help drive ratings by advertising betting on the sports. And, you know, there are even some apps like Fliff where you can bet on them and you can even use just fake currency that's for free and just basically gamble on it for fun. And so you know, again, without actually using any real money. And so the point is the NFL has decided that is good for themselves and it benefits the sport. At the same time, one thing that gambling has the possibility of doing that the NFL and a lot of people were always afraid of in the past is that if you open up betting, you know, what's to stop a NFL player or a ref from betting or a coach fans always like to joke about oh you know and sometimes not so joke sometimes it feels like refs aren't being fair or 
did a player or team actually try? You don't want to have those questions, you know. And and especially in the NFL, the NFL has done a really good job for the most part my whole life. They've done a pretty good job of keeping games competitive. The NFL is pretty well known for having teams take the the Detroit Lions this past year. Final game of the season, they were out. They had no reason to win and they still went to Green Bay and played and beat them. They did have motive in just division rivalry game, and them beating the Packers kept the Packers out of the playoffs. So kind of had some motive to go for there, but really the Lions were eliminated. They had really nothing to to win for. Um, And then even in, I guess, even a better example, of course, is why the Chicago Bears ended up with the first-round pick this year. Because really the whole season, it looked like the Houston Texans were going to get the first overall pick this year. And very end of the season, the only reason the Bears ended up having the first pick of the draft was because the Texans won a game by scoring a touchdown. They could have just easily just, if the Texans wanted to play for the draft pick, they could have just knelt on it, not scored. You know, they could have tanked that game, whatever, but they didn't. They won a game that was completely pointless to them. And so because of that, the Texans lost the first overall pick. And so the NFL's done a pretty good job of keeping games competitive, even in the late parts of the season. And teams have done a good job of players and coaches still playing to the end of the whistle, even if their team is eliminated. Now, of course, some owners haven't shown quite the same amount of poise and wanting their teams to compete even when the season is basically over. You know, for an owner or GM, they might have more reason to want and wish that their team would tank, but the integrity of the NFL kind of relies on games feeling like they matter and feeling like the players and teams are actually trying. And so that's part of why this gambling stuff is such a big deal and such an ethical type thing is because you can't have players betting on their own games and oh what if what if a team is struggling and now you have let again I said earlier that I don't think the Cardinals will be that great this year. So let's say we have a player that's on the Cardinals and they don't think they're going to win and so they go on a sports betting app and they bet against themselves. Are they going to try in that game? Of course not. They bet a bunch of their own money on themselves losing. So what are they going to do? Not try. So of course that's the ethical dilemma that you don't want if you're the NFL. You want to keep the competitive integrity alive, especially because you don't want players doing that. And then, you know, you don't want something like that to happen. And then people find out and have the NFL's image ruined and people's enjoyment of the game ruined. Because that would really, you know, it really would damage the image of the game if something like that were to happen so that's why the nfl is really cracking down on this they're gonna seem like in some cases they may seem kind of harsh at times but they're doing this and they're trying to do it pretty quick they're trying to stay ahead of the curve part of this is them taking self accountability and recognizing they need to do better at educating players as they come into the leagues again players are young Uh, A lot of players coming into the NFL are really young guys, and I'm around that same age. I'm 24 now, which is kind of crazy. Kind of funny to uh, just think about 
my age and and some of the players that are in the league right now that are my same age but point is for people my age even even older again a lot of this sports gambling stuff it's kind of new as far as being a widespread thing that's more available nationwide so it's kind of something that a lot of people are still learning so especially for the NFL and players and anybody that's involved players officials broadcasters coaches owners all of them have to do a better job or need to be educated on what they can and can't do as far as sports betting for the NFL that's their job it needs to be again laying down the law showing players that hey we're going to you know we're going to punish this activity we know how to find out if you gambled on on these games that you shouldn't have you need to not do it or else this kind of stuff is going to happen and then at the same time they need to do better at before that kind of stuff needs to be done educating players on hey this is what you can and can't do so that you don't face these consequences that's my spiel on the sports betting stuff and again rumor is there's a second wave coming so you know hopefully we don't see it but i'm just i'm saying my prediction is we probably will see not necessarily waves every time of five players each time but i'm i'm saying i do think we probably will see over the next couple years a handful of players that get suspended for various different lengths for some type of violation of the nfl's uh, sports betting policies uh, so gonna move on from that topic and then I really just for the rest of this episode just wanted to look at a couple tidbits of headlines another headline that was going around was the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo with the Las Vegas Raiders coming from San Francisco the story with Jimmy G was that he had a physical and he failed it. Part of it was a lot of the uh, quote-unquote fail was that looking into his foot, the results gave some credible concern that his foot will never fully heal and, and, you know, just permanent damage there that leaves credible question as to whether he'll be able to do his job, things like that. But since then, just today, Ian Rappaport reported that there has been good progress and that Jimmy G is expected to be able to pass the physical and be ready to go into the rest of this offseason and the 2023 season as the Las Vegas Raiders quarterback. Another headline that was pretty interesting was a rumor came out that apparently before last season started when Russell Wilson was leaving the Seahawks, and the Seahawks were looking for where to trade him. Apparently, one of the top trade partners that the Seahawks actually tried to do a trade with was the Philadelphia Eagles. So literally just a year ago, the Philadelphia Eagles were actually trying to trade for Russell Wilson. They wanted to bring in Russell Wilson. And, you know, now... We might, a lot of us, think, wow, the uh, the Eagles, uh, they, they dodged a bullet there by not winning this trade. And you might also say, okay, well, what happened with the trade? According to the rumors, the Eagles and Seahawks were ready to do a trade, 
But Russell Wilson did have a no-trade clause in his contract. So basically, he had the power to choose if he got traded or not and where he was going to go. He had a bit of power there because of that no-trade clause. And so he actually said no to going to Philadelphia. The Broncos were a team he wanted to go to. So what I was getting into is that right now, (laughs) to a lot of us, it might feel like the Eagles kind of dodged a bullet there because we all we all saw how painful the Broncos and Russell Wilson looked this year. Russell Wilson looked nothing like his old self that he looked like when he was a Seahawk, and the Broncos looked horrible as a whole. You know, and there's there's a lot of question as to whether or not how much fault goes on Russell Wilson, how much fault should be put on Nathaniel Hackett, who was the coach this past year for them. You know, now the Broncos have Sean Payton, who is thought of as being one of the best head coaches in the league right now. And so we'll just have to see. You know, Sean Payton took a a little bit of a break from coaching, pretty short, but, you know, he had been with the Saints for a long time, you know, won a Super Bowl with with them and you know, with him and Drew Brees, you know, they really had a historic run with the Saints. And even though they only won the one Super Bowl, they really were playoff contenders year after year for quite a good stint there. Based off that, you'd think that the Broncos should get a good amount of a boost this year and Russell Wilson as well. And for Eagles fans, you might be wondering, why would our team be so dumb to to want to trade for Russell Wilson when we have Jalen Hurts, like, look how good Jalen Hurts did this year and how bad Russell Wilson was. But to be fair, if you go and actually look at both players' stats from two years ago, you'll see that actually in 2021, the two players, their stats were pretty similar, but Russell Wilson's were better, especially in the touchdown-to-interception area. Russell Wilson did better in 2021 than... Jalen Hurts did and at that point Jalen Hurts was still very young and was very unproven I mean really up until just this this past season's Super Bowl run the Eagles had there was still and even going into the Super Bowl there were a lot of questions as to whether or not Jalen Hurts really is the answer for the Philadelphia Eagles going forward now we know that Jalen Hurts should be the Eagles quarterback of the future at least for the next few years And, you know, again, Russell Wilson, it may feel like his future is a little bit shaky. Broncos fans might be a little bit worried that they're stuck with him. But, again, I do think that there is a chance that we do see Russell Wilson at least get a little, a a good bit better and get a lot closer to what he used to be than what he was in 2022. Um, But, anyways, thought that was really interesting. That was a pretty crazy thing to come out to find out that the Eagles of all teams were trying to get Russell Wilson. Also, just kind of fun to think in the mind and just wonder, like, how different would the outcome of this past season been league-wide had the Eagles gotten Russell Wilson? You know, would they have would they have brought in Russell Wilson with the idea of just having him for a couple years and letting Jalen Hurts sit? Would they have brought in Russell Wilson and tried to trade Hurts? Would the Broncos have been better or worse? Would they have been even worse than they were without Russell Wilson? Uh, you know, who would 
the Broncos have turned to if they didn't get Russell Wilson. A whole ripple effect of what could have been different. But anyways, those things are all just theoretical questions. They're never going to matter. Felt like that was interesting and wanted to talk about it. And then the last real topic I wanted to talk about today, anyways, or big one that's been talked about the last couple days, was it's come out that the Vikings are considering releasing their star running back, Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook has been a all-around back the last couple years. He's been a stud for them. He's played really well. Um, I've got some stats up for him that I wanted to to share that I saw the other day. But yeah, for Dalvin Cook, he's played for the Vikings the last six seasons, and he's played pretty well, especially the, the last four seasons from 2019 through 2022. All four of those seasons, he's been over 1,100 yards. He's had over six touchdowns in each of those seasons, but in 2019 and 2020, he was at 13 or higher touchdowns than each of those. And all six of those years, he's been pretty much at five yards per carry. So that's pretty crazy. Uh, he's been a huge part of their offense, but they're at a point where he's wanting he's wanting more money. He's wanting to be highly paid. But, of course, with the analytics of football today, and just the way football is trending, the analytics would say you shouldn't pay high for a running back. You should let them go, trade them, and try to replace them with a younger, cheaper talent. And again, analytics would say it's really easy to replace a high-quality running back. And to be fair, yeah, for offensive pieces compared to wide receiver, running back, quarterback, a lot of teams have shown over the last 5-10 years that it is relatively easy, at least compared to those other positions. Running back is one of those positions you can kind of find a stud running back, let him play on his rookie contract, maybe give him a short extension after that if he'll accept it, and then let him go and find another young running back. That Again, running back is also one of those positions that just running backs out of the draft are a lot more ready to come into the league and have an instant impact. And running backs are also, they're not usually players that you have to draft overly high for to get a high talent. They're not really a position that you're going to see in the top five picks, really. Should the Vikings get rid of Dalvin Cook? Should they try to trade him? Should they release him? One of the top or one of the front runners for Dalvin Cook, should they release or trade him, is the Miami Dolphins. That might be a landing spot for him. But yeah, that should be really interesting. Uh, one last piece of news that I wanted to mention actually was another player, pass rusher Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd has most recently been with the LA Rams. He won the Super Bowl with them a couple of years ago. And before that, he was on my Chicago Bears. I really enjoyed watching Leonard Floyd. I was sad to see him go, but for contract reasons as a Bears fan, I was kind of okay with it and accepting of it. And I understood that, the, the you know, I knew the team was kind of going in a direction where we were probably not going to be the best use of his talent. So I was happy for him that he went to the Rams and was able to win a Super Bowl with them. Um, but so yeah, now he's left the Rams 
and he's waited free agency out from what I've heard. He had tons of teams that were trying to get him early on in free agency, but he waited it out, waited it out past uh, the draft, and just like DeAndre Hopkins, he was waiting out for a better contract, and at the same time, he also wanted to try to get in with a team that he believes can win, and so Leonard Floyd has signed with the Buffalo Bills, and he signed only a one-year contract, and the contract is one year, seven million guaranteed, with a possible nine million. So that is pretty high for his position. That is a really high-paid contract for one year, and happy for Leonard Floyd, and that should be a pretty good addition to an already amazing team, top-tier team in the league. So. That should be really cool. And really for this week of Touchdown Talks, or I should say this episode, that's about all I had for you. Not really going to get there, but thank you for listening. I believe what my plan will be for the upcoming episodes are I want to go through the NFL, and I'm going to, not necessarily live, but I'm going to go through the whole season, the whole schedule, and I'm going to make my predictions for what I think each team's record is going to be. And I'm going to, I'm literally going to go through the whole season and I'm going to mark who I think is going to win on each game. And then I'll create the standings and I'll go through that. Um, And I think the format I'm going to do is I'm going to break the whole league up into either divisions or conferences. So this will either be a full on like eight episode thing or just two episodes Either way, if, if it's eight episodes, they'll all be, you know, a bunch of eight shorter episodes. Or if I put it together into two episodes, they'll be, you know, slightly longer. But I'm probably going to, even if they are just in two parts, if I do them in two parts, it might be about this long, about an hour, hour and a half. If I break it up into eight pieces, we'll see. It should be a lot shorter. And in those, I won't necessarily go through every game, but I'm just going to go into my predictions for each division where I think those teams will stack up and their records. And, you know, I might highlight some games and talk about those, but that'll be it. And then, then at the end on the last one, we'll kind of go through and basically I'll, I'll give you my first 2023 uh, standings prediction for the year. And so, yeah, that, that'll be the plan going forward. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a great week. And I hope to see you back here for episode three.